You're listening to Fight in Progress. With your hosts and stress coaches, founder of Under the Shield, Susan Simmons, and TomTheBomb.com. Fight in Progress grapples with the internal and external struggles in the daily lives of our men and women in law enforcement, the armed forces, and first responders. Tackling the tough topics and supporting those who support us. We hear you, and we're here for you. Welcome back to Under the Shield presents Fight in Progress. Joel, you've been messing with my headphone stuff over there? No, I haven't. I think Just you that have. That's, I think that's you mine. Have. Now, oh, that's yours. Now it's really loud. Yeah, Joel's yeah. always messing. Y'all, y'all excuse our producer. He's always messing with my stuff over here. Uh, this is Susan Simmons, <laughs> one of your hosts here in the Chris Ferrara podcast studio in beautiful, wonderful Mesa, Arizona. We only say that seven months out of the year. The rest That's of the time right. we go, what the hell are we talking yeah, about? Why, why are we, why are we here? here? <laughs> hey, Tom. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing good. Good. Hey, Joel. Hey, Susan. Hey, Joel. These things keep popping up on my phone. What the I hell? I don't know, but you better find out. I think I... What is it? I, look at the stuff I get. It's women in bathing suits and stuff, and I'm like, well, that's not a bathing suit. Like, well, sorry, lingerie. Excuse me. Well, I'm not paying that much attention like you men are, um, but yeah. Remember visual. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and stupid. Well, let's not forget that characteristics also. Yeah, today's going to be a little different show. Today, we're just going to kind of talk about whatever the three of us want to talk about. So beware, <laughs> beware. We're loose. Because there's been a lot of stuff going on, and I just think it's time we put our two cents worth in. But I want to start this with something that popped up on my Facebook this morning through Shadows of the Badge, which is a really good, uh, I don't know anything about them, but their posts are usually pretty accurate. But it says, leadership is a privilege. When you are in a leadership role, your influence may affect the trajectories of someone's entire career and often their lives. Well, we got some people that need that tattooed on their body, <laughs> on their head, on their butts, and everywhere. It's got to be somewhere they can see it. Well, they will put all, all the over their hands and arms and something because the inside we inside of their eyelids oh, something because we got we got some some people out here, especially in the East Valley here, that are destroying careers and lives yeah. just because they can, and then think they're leaders. Yeah, and that's not go, much leadership. Yeah, yeah. let me let you in on a little clue. That is not what leaders do. And it just amazes me. This is one we're going to be using in our supervisory training yeah. <clears throat> um, because people don't understand bullying and this beating them. You know, the beatings will continue concept <laughs> uh, ain't helping morale. No. It's not helping an industry where people don't want to do the job already. Then you add those factors in that you've got these people that call themselves chiefs. And I'll tell you right now, if you're a chief or a sheriff and I meet you and I don't call you chief or sheriff and I call you by your first name or some other selective descriptor, uh, I got no respect for you. So, you know, in the South, I tell everybody out here, if I run into you somewhere and I call you hon, I ain't got a clue who you are. We give you hints. Southerners right. give you hints on things. Exactly. So if you're a chief or sheriff um, and I call you by your first name or something else, POS maybe, <laughs> asshole, I don't know, there's your clue. I got no respect for you, and you probably deserve it. I would agree. So just just a heads up there, just in case y'all need those 
that you know in law enforcement you call those things a clue so uh just giving you a heads up how you feeling this morning joelle <laughs> I'm good. It's I'm going. Good. It's going. I don't know if I want to be here. She's already on a roll. <laughs> Rant and roll. Yep. Here on this lovely Tuesday morning. Of course, this will be released on a Wednesday morning, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. It's the same around here. Someday. So. My thing is that a lot of these chiefs or whatever they're doing this Assholes. on the way out. Oh yeah. Well, some of them are doing it because they have to be on their way out because yeah. <laughs> I'm gunning for them. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I just, why mess with people? I know, Especially just... when you're not even going to be there, you know, like, well, you don't have to see them anymore. It amazes me because I would want my reputation as I go out the door to be people going, man, we're going to miss them. Right. right. Not, thank God, God, how, fa- how fast can we get <laughs> yeah. them out the door? Yeah. They think burning the building down somehow is a good idea. Is a good idea. Yeah. How is that? And again, it shows you they were never leadership quality mm. ever because they got no idea about it and and then think they're going to run for some <laughs> political office like city council. Yeah, that's a that's a good idea. Yeah. Not if I have my yeah, sense exactly. about it. Yeah, this going to be might be kind of fun. I got several options of how this could work. I just hadn't figured out which way I want it to go yet, but I got time. Just got to make noise, right? I got till next spring. But again, I might want them on city council because that might make the council meetings even more fun for me to show up every council meeting and trash them because there'll be media present. So I'll just decide which how much which which way I want to torture by getting them squashed and not elected or let them get elected. Possibly, I'm not even sure this person can get elected yeah, to be honest, even without my assistance right. of squashing them because uh, it's like stepping on a bug. Uh, I don't know. It might be fun. Uh, so it just kind of depends on my mood after I finish chemo. <laughs> you know, I will at least have that clarity. <clears throat> yeah, that'll be good. Cancer update. Two more treatments. <laughs> and everyone is invited to be there December 21st at approximately 930 in the morning for me to ring the bell. <laughs> and I got quite a few who've already said they're going to be there. I said, I think everybody that's in there getting chemo it's going to think I'm either on the FBI's most wanted list, <laughs> which actually I'm working on the at least get on their watch list. Exactly. You know, if, I'm going to be real disappointed if I don't get on that thing. <laughs> I am working hard. FBI, if you're listening, come on, bring it up. I don't want to be on the no-fly list. I just want to be on the watch list. That way I'm sure there are fams on my flight. It'll be the safest flight ever. I will be on a flight, by the way, going to Yakima, Washington in December. So just in case y'all need a little preparation to make sure you got enough teams out there available, I'll make sure I call our friend Sonia and go, hey, notify your people. <laughs> I want at least three teams on there. Three teams of three, nine. That'll be good numbers. <laughs> It'll be a safe flight for you. Absolutely. And everybody else that's on there. Yeah. And then maybe you'll get the invite to the next gathering of everyone on the list. Absolutely. The whistleblowers. Yeah. You bet. <laughs> the whistleblower house. Yeah. That's good company to be in. I, you know, I mean, I'm, really it is. I'm telling you. You know, and I am encouraging everybody out here at listening to this, all three people or however many are out there listening. <laughs> um, not including you and me, Joelle. That's right. Yeah, y'all don't count. Five including y'all. Um, please, please, please go to policestatefilm.net. And watch this film. It's a documentary that was done, um, and it is scary. It is accurate. 
Um, it's about a two-hour film that was made in South Florida, and the I get I, I don't know that we can say all the whistleblowers because I think there were a few from the IRS in there, but uh, a lot of the whistleblowers that have uh, literally given up their li- livelihood mm-hmm. for the sake of this country um, are in this, and there are some reenactments of things that make you just. I'm sorry, and I have good friends who are retired FBI agents, but the FBI is no longer an organization we should respect, fund, anything that needs to be blown up and started all over again. It's definitely not what it used to be. That's not for at sure. all. And sadly, yeah. it's not just the top of the food chain. Right. I'm not saying there aren't good FBI agents because there are. But some of them in this film, before they took the actions they took, they should have set their guns down, looked at whoever was senior on that scene and gone, hell no, I'm out. Because it is pathetic the way children were treated mm-hmm. over their parents being outspoken at school board meetings. Yeah, that's that's um, unbelievable, man. It's And so I'm just telling y'all, if you care about this country and you truly are an American and love United States, you will watch this film and you will get out and vote appropriately because we cannot survive four more years of what we've got. <laughs> I think the company will or the country will implode uh, something four more years of this. And I had to laugh yesterday because I was watching something that had CNN uh, clips and MSNBC clips. And this shows you how pathetic the media has become in this country. Uh, Because I can, I mean, I grew up under the uh, uh, David Brinkley and Mm -hmm. the other one that used to be on with him. And, you know, people that were truly reputable journalists. Walter Cronkite. Walter Cronkite, people (laughs) like that. And you never knew which way they stood. Right. But I have a, it just really made me almost nauseous. When you hear the media and their opinion is bashing the polls of how Americans say they will vote. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> right. right now, yeah. Trump is trumping Biden. Oh, yeah. But I think my dog Mac could run and probably trump Tr- yeah. Biden right now. <laughs> and for the media to get on and basically insult Americans yeah. that this is bad and this is devastating and and you go gang your job is to report findings not give opinions right what's bad and devastating is the current condition of our country right that's what's <laughs> bad and devastating yeah and it it is it's just scary to me i used to teach <clears throat> uh critical thinking in college you ever take a critical thinking class joel several okay yeah and you know to me a good critical thinking class the professor can argue both sides, mm-hmm. and you don't know which way they stand. Right. And that was one of the things that I did with mine was I, I, I would show them examples of arguing both sides. <coughs> one of them I remember, <coughs> excuse me, and they laughed. <coughs> um, but I argued both sides of domestic violence, and you should have seen them. <laughs> <laughs> And I told him, I said, the only thing you I couldn't find um, a pro for is child abuse. There's never, right. ever a pro for child abuse. I can argue both sides of abortion. 
I can argue both sides of, again of domestic violence. I can, I can argue both sides of everything that I could think of except child abuse, and that is what a true critical thinking class is. And then I always made mine argue the opposite of what their view was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I had a I had a teacher. Um, he was an asshole though. You know what? I probably shout had out, some shout out to that Mr. Cox. Too, <laughs> Mr. Cox. We had a couple nicknames for him, if you could imagine. But, you know, there's something about the last name Cox. Yeah. That apparently is a real issue because I got one of those on my yeah. list too. But yeah, Only he, he's an assistant chief. <laughs> but he, uh, yeah, he would have us um, basically. He'd bring up a topic, we'd take a stance, and then he's like, all right, well, now you have to argue the other side of it. Mm-hmm. And it was a quick little debate, if you wanted to call that. Mm-hmm. We had, like, five minutes of prep, and then you'd argue the other side. And it was it was fun, though, and it was eye-opening. Uh, I Sometimes I play devil's advocate just for the hells of it. Just sure. Watch the world burn a little <laughs> bit. <but. laughs> well, it was funny, too, because I had a lot of my students that truly would change their views. And the interesting yeah. part was one of the times I taught it, uh, was the presidential election. I'm trying to remember who it was now. It must have been when Obama ran. And uh, I had people actually change, completely change their views from where they started, both both ways. Um, because I'm, it, it was actually an assignment that they would have a week to go home and research. Because what I'd find was really funny. I'd go, all right, if you want to tell me who you're voting for. And they'd raise their hands, and one of them, I remember one of them was a female, and she said, uh, I'm voting for Obama. And I said, okay, tell me why. She said, because I like what he stands for. I said, what does he stand for? And there was a silence. And ultimately, here's what it always came down to. She wasn't the only one. There were quite a few. It always came down to that that's who their mama or grandmama was voting for. And, I, and here would be my response. And when is the last time you did anything else your mama or grandmama wanted you to do? <laughs> and there would be this blank look on their face. And I'd go, okay, now you got to go and research both sides. And you're going to come in here and you're going to argue both sides for both candidates of what they stand for. And it would be funny almost every time they would switch their vote. I think that I think that's so healthy to do though because mm-hmm. right. it gets you to see even if you don't uh, abortion for example just about everyone stands on one side or the other on it mm-hmm. but if you're able to critically think about how others may be impacted right sure you come to find out that we're not all so different mm-hmm. right and people's views really aren't that crazy sure you know, when you really think about it you just may not personally agree with it you may land one side or the other on any topic but well and you may not really understand because i think when people hear you're pro-life that you're saying under no circumstances would you ever support an abortion we talked about this on our last trip and you know i absolutely if if this is a case of a child who has been raped molested whatever and is pregnant at 14 and their bodies cannot possibly i mean they're they're not built yeah. Uh, to carry a child and it's going to endanger both, 100%. Um, you know, it's just the ones that will have five or six because they're irresponsible. And just out having sex, and if I get pregnant, I'll just have an abortion. Right. Excuse <clears throat> me? No. It's a means to an end, yeah. Right. Fix my problem. Yes. And you go, no, 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 that's not how this works. 
Um, but that's that's the part that I think people I, I had to laugh. I don't know if y'all saw it on the news, but somebody did an interview, went out with a it looked like a petition <laughs> for all the people that are supporting um, all this crap going on now over in the Gaza Strip and they're pro-Palestinian and stuff. And in it, they had the facts of it. And they said, OK, so this means you support and uh, the killing of babies and Jews. And your, yeah. Your yeah. And they're going, oh, 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 no, no, I, I don't I don't want right. anything to do with that. But they're out there protesting yeah. exactly for that cause. They don't even know what they're protesting exactly. for. And you go, gang, do you understand that area has been under the rule of Hamas? They blew up their own people. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> they bomb their own land and stuff. They are they are antagonizing Israel to make it look like Israel is the problem. But the reality of the matter is they've taken their own people hostage. Yep. They've taken and, and these people protesting in the United States and you go, so you're in support of them having hostages uh that are US citizens and people right. the other citizens. Oh no, no, no. And and then all of a sudden they didn't want to sign the petition petition. No. We got real comfortable with protests oh, a few uh, years ago, yeah. and the same bullshit was happening then. People out there protesting, but if you would have got a petition that said, why you're out there, oh, wait, I don't agree with that. Oh, I don't agree with that either. Sure. Well, did you see what happened at the White House? Was that yesterday that the pro-Palestinian movement oh, yeah. went, and they literally graffitied <laughs> uh, the walls and stuff outside the White House? And you go— I hate that stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you go, hold on now. Uh, people peacefully went into the Capitol. Nothing was destroyed. And that's one of the things that you will see in this police statement uh, film is they showed all the historical things, the, the, the uh, statues, the paintings. Nothing was hurt. Right. If this was a true insurrection, that place would have burned. Well, yeah, baby. <laughs> exactly. And, but we put those people in prison for months mm -hmm. And people d really trash the White House. This is a landmark that is recognized worldwide. Red paint, handprints, pro-Palestine, all these things. And nothing's going to happen to them? That is That's unbelievable. I, I never thought I'd live in a country that, that would be that way. Yeah. And we were talking about how, um, and they point this out in the, in the film also, that there's some young adult who did a meme— back when Hillary was running for president, <laughs> and it said to vote for Hillary text, and it gave a number. He's spending seven months in prison for election interference or yeah. something. Seven months for a meme, Joel. And I'm like, he could have gotten up to 10 years. And then you got dumbass in Congress who deliberately <laughs> wants to interfere with a vote and they have him on film yeah. taking the signs down, pulling the alarm, not trying to get out the door, but his excuse is, I thought it would open the door, and then passes how many police officers and never says, oh, man, I screwed up. I'm the one who exactly. pulled the fire alarm. Yeah. Oh, wait, he didn't know it was a fire alarm, remember? Right, because it just said, it was red and said yeah. F-I-R-E on yeah. it. <laughs> no. And he's a former principal yeah. who pulled hmm. it, I'm sure, a million times for fire drills. And he gets a thousand dollar fine, and in three months it just goes away. Yeah, how is that fair? But I do a meme on Facebook, and I can go to prison for seven months 
because I'm sure there are, I mean, I'm sure there's probably some stupid people out there who did try to text that vote to that number. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it's the same people that tried Tide Pods. <laughs> exactly. Tide Pods. Yes, exactly. I never did figure out why they thought that was a good idea. Because TikTok said it was. Well, and you know, it's kind of like back in my day, uh, we were laughing about this in one of our trainings recently, and I said, who was it that looked at a cow patty with a mushroom growing on it and thought if we eat it, smoke it, whatever it is they did to it, that we'd get high? How come it's got to grow on a cow patty? <laughs> there are plenty of mushrooms that grow wild out in the world. I don't know what they'll do. Maybe they tried those. Somebody had work. to have been really drunk. <laughs> Something. And you go, or the frog, the particular kind of frog that if you scared it and it jumped, it would secrete something. If you, do you know this story, Joelle? If you lick it. No, this is definitely a southern story. I don't think so. Um, but it's some kind of frog, and if you scare it, it secretes something, and if you lick it, you get high. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's like a psychedelic thing. Yeah, we have the same story out here, but it's Gila monsters. <laughs> it, really? No. No. <laughs> I thought you were going to say scorpions. I, thing. <laughs> I was going to say scorpions. I don't know much about Gila monsters. I know I don't want one. Um, but, you know, you just go... We've always had stupidity, oh, yeah. apparently, in the world, but mm-hmm. it seems to have taken a whole new level. It's even more commonplace now. And sadly, it's in the government. Uh, it's been there for a long time, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, but you know, not at this level. I know. I, you know, I, I was blessed as a as a college student. Uh, you know, I grew up Strom Thurmond. Y'all probably don't know who that is, but he was a senior senator from South Carolina mm-hmm. and uh, was one of the longest serving at one time and. He uh, he was an amazing man, and I looked up to him. He was he was like family. Um, I looked at him as a grandfather. I never knew mine, but he um, <laughs> he was the kind of guy. <laughs> I remember being up in D.C. Uh, when I was interning for him, and uh, I went to eat in the Senate dining room with him, and I ordered ham, and I'm sitting next to him, and he literally, as they set the plate down, he took the plate and trimmed the fat off of it. <laughs> And I'm like, I'm like 20 years old. <laughs> Thank you, sir. He was quite a health nut. And, uh, you know, we thought things were bad then. Yeah. Man, they were nothing. At least they respected each other. Right. And yeah. now there's no respect. Nope. And uh, I said, I really encourage everybody out there, watch this film uh, because we know people in it. Very, very good friend, somebody who's been on our podcast, uh, Sonia Hightower-Lobosco, or Lobosco Hightower, I can never remember which order. But anyway, she uh, has been on our show, and she's a Biden whistleblower. She was a fam. Her husband is uh, was Secret Service and retired from the fams, and she is now the executive director of the National Council. This woman makes—she she doesn't get paid— this is all donated time that she's doing fighting for the rights of the fams. And I think now even the U.S. Marshals can join that national council. Um, she was educating me yesterday on something. I guess I should have known this, but I didn't. But federal law enforcement officers, if you're injured even off-duty, you can still uh, get a – How did she said it's through OPM that you can get uh, a disability retirement even if you're injured off-duty. And didn't know that, but she hmm. has fought for some and is in the process of fighting for some that you can get it, which is a good benefit. Because yeah. really when you think about the feds, they're, 
Y'all, law enforcement is never off duty, but the feds truly are never off duty. Uh, I remember flying one time with mine, and um, they are told, DEA agents at least back then were told, you will be armed off duty on all flights. And we got delayed because some idiot with American Airlines didn't, uh, I guess, didn't know that rule. And she wouldn't let us on the plane because Marshall had his gun. <laughs> and she was asking him, so where is your gun? And he goes, on my person. She goes, but I need to know where. This was a ticket counter person. <laughs> and she goes, but I need to know where. And he goes, no, ma'am, you don't. Yeah. And she says, well, I need to see it. And he goes, why? And she says, I need to make sure it's unla- unloaded. And he's like, uh, Why would yeah no, <laughs> and yeah. literally we missed our flight because of it, and we were like, and so when you look at it that way, and we were on vacation. It was just the two of us, and but that was a requirement. Had he gotten caught not having it, then he lost his career, hmm. and so I guess that's why OPM does this. But um, if you're federal law enforcement out there, that's something you need to know, and we need to keep that in mind when we're dealing with. I don't know if it's just 0311s. I need to, spe- you know, get specific with her about it. But when we train border patrol, this is something we need to make sure yeah. they know about. And yeah, because uh, shouldn't it apply to them too? If if there, are, and again, I don't know if it's just 0311s. Yeah. That's what I got to find out uh, from her, and I will ask that when I talk to her later today. But she's in this film. She does a great job. Uh, Kyle Serafin, whose show. Sonia and I were on with um, Alfreda Alpha Luna, Luna, a cop in California (laughs) whose house was raided by the Joint Terrorism Task Force. Yes, I said he's a police Mm. officer, Mm -hmm. and his house was raided by the JTTF uh, because he was pro-MAGA, and uh, he is now facing charges. Uh, can't wait to go over for that trial. We hope it's going to be in maybe January and Sonia's going to fly out. We're going to go support him. We're going to have shirts made or something. I'm telling y'all, I'm working hard to get on this watch list. Again, that's Susan Simmons, date of birth, 324.59. Live here in Gilbert, Arizona. <laughs> Drive a black SUV. <laughs> License plate UTS. Uh, can't miss me. They, and they'll still not be able to figure it out. <laughs> Joel, does that make you nervous, honey? No, I'm doing the math in my head of from 59. I'll be 65 <laughs> in March. <laughs> Happy to say I get to apply for Medicare as of January. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to those those fun days and times, figuring that crap out. Does that trickle down to us as well? In what regard? The Medicare? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It'll trickle down depending on my mood and how it works. (laughs) Because I finished all this cancer treatment in December, switched to Medicare, and Lord knows what happens after that. Uh, I, I just got this system figured out. You know, it's crazy. But You're not going to go back to a doctor for a while, that's oh, no, for sure. I'm not. No, I, I am, no, I am, uh, I am going to burn whatever I got to burn out here, sage, whatever it is they say I got to do. Go. And, uh, yeah, put crosses in the front yard, burn, wear garlic around my neck. I don't know. Lick a couple frogs. <laughs> <laughs> or Gila Monster, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Which reminds me, uh, let's do a public service announcement here. Uh, gang, I don't know who's spreading the word that ashwagandha <laughs> is is a hallucinogen. <laughs> What? Yeah. <laughs> Joel hasn't heard this one yet. Yeah. I, I had a client call me and they were looking forward to retirement when they could finally start using ashwagandha and something else that is a hallucinogen. Mm-hmm. 
And I went, why can't you take ashwagandha now? And they said, because it's a, it's a hallucinogen. And I go, somebody lied to you. <laughs> no. The shit I see when I take that <laughs> stuff? They literally have gummies at Target. <laughs> you think like. <laughs> yeah, but you got to remember, what was the other stuff that was big that you could buy? Um, spice? Uh, I mean, what was. Apple cider. No, the stuff that that um, you could even buy it in the grocery stores and at, at at gas stations, and it was something that it turned out was something that would make you high. And it was some teenagers were using. This was a few years back, and uh, I for, I'm gonna have to look it up now. I've forgotten what it was, but it was something that nobody had any idea that it would do it if you, yeah. you know, put it up your nose or something. Uh, we're back to Tide Pods those again. Pixie sticks. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> those gum cigarettes. That's right. <laughs> I don't know if they make those anymore. Uh, but gang, uh, ashwagandha is a plant-based adaptogen. It helps your body process cortisol. It's good for stress. It's good for adrenal fatigue. I mean, it doesn't uh, give you stress. It's right. good to process stress. Right. Right. Helps your body deal with it. Uh, it is not a hallucinogen. And if anybody has told you otherwise they're wrong and i don't know why they lied about that but just goes to show you can spread anything i guess around this country well everything's spread through social media now that's mm-hmm. where everyone gets yeah. their facts mm-hmm. exactly facts. there's no fact checkers no well there is but only against something someone says it's actually true right and then we want to we want to burn that but you yeah, know i've noticed that on media too though they'll uh-huh. uh they'll be like According to this story, and then everyone's just going back to the same story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what if that guy got it wrong? So. Well, I always like they. They say. Yeah. Who's they? <laughs> I'm not saying that, but they <laughs> say. Yeah. Yeah. I ain't part of that they. Sources. <laughs> yeah, sources. You know, that's what we're gonna. That's what I'm gonna start doing in trainings, or when I'm talking to chiefs. My sources tell me you're an idiot. Um, and, there you go. <laughs> yeah, and I can back it up. <laughs> But Tom and I were, again, I want to go back to this police state. Uh, again, it's policestatefilm.net. Let's make sure we put that in the in the little blurb wherever you put that, Joel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, because they say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was limited showing. You couldn't get it online at first, but now you can get it. In fact, that's the only way you can watch it right now is right. online. Yes. Uh, they're hoping that it'll get more traction and end up. Easier to even watch. But. And I got to see it in the theater because it was limited showing. And I have to tell you, it was probably one of the most moving things I have been to since probably some of the 9-11 stuff. But it was talking about how some of the people that are imprisoned from the big insurrection on the Capitol, uh, in prison every night, they sing the national anthem before lights are turned out. And the film ends with that, showing one of them singing mm-hmm. Everybody in the theater was just about packed. Everybody in that theater stood up and sang. Man, it would bring tears yeah. to your eyes uh, to see that happen. Yeah, and that is the—I—I I, I do feel like that is the majority of people in this country. Mm-hmm. It's just sadly, I think too many of us, myself included, have kept our mouths shut right. for too long. Uh, right. I know that's shocking to people. Susan kept her mouth shut, <laughs> shut about something. We um, definitely have to become vocal again. Absolutely. And not not belligerent and right. not abusive. 
you know, to me, uh, and you and I, Tom, were laughing about this, too, that, you know, when you get in an argument with somebody, especially the liberals, you know you have them because <laughs> they start calling you names. Yeah. Because they got no argument exactly. against what you're saying. As adults, we all should be able to argue and I don't mean fight. I'm talking about argue again, like we were talking about right. both sides of something and yeah. agree to disagree. Exactly. But when we have to resort to name calling, it, it means you got them because yeah. they know they got nothing to back up their side of it. And, you know, OK, that's and, fine. And just because you yell, that doesn't mean your point is better or stronger. <laughs> or or going to change my mind <laughs> <Right>. any faster because <laughs> it's probably not because I'm probably going to stick my fingers in my ear and go, la, la, la. <laughs> So go and uh, no matter which side of the of the political debate you're on, I would challenge you to go and watch this film Rumble. We saw that it's actually playing on Rumble um, and again on that uh, police state film dot net. You can even buy the DVD. But I said, who's got a DVD? (laughs) I don't have a DVD player anymore. I may have an eight track in my garage. But do you know what an eight track player is, Joel? I do. No, I do. You ever, I never had one. And never listened to the high quality. <laughs> yeah, high quality. <laughs> no. Yeah, mine was in my glove box of my Oldsmobile Starfire. And it'd be great until it started eating the tape. <laughs> they were known for eating the tape. Yeah, you pull it out to change it and the tape stays in and comes out. Yes, it's about the yeah. size of a DVD player. <laughs> I'm talking about the, the eight track itself. Yeah. Uh, but please, please support this film. It's, it's one that's done by Dinesh D'Souza, a very smart man. Um, and hopefully it'll get enough traction that everybody will be out in every theater. Because I think you need to watch it in a theater, to be honest with you. Um, and we kind of figured everybody's name was probably taken. Uh, I said something to a guy <laughs> sitting next to me who was a veteran. And I said something about, yeah, my goal is to get on that F- the FBI uh, watch list. He goes... I think you're probably there. Yeah. <laughs> you went to this? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was probably on it before that. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, but it's been a big week at Under the Shield last week. Tom and I were all over the state. Yeah. And you had it your was, chemo in the middle of it, it and it, it kept a, on going. It and... was a te- I'm telling you, I'm a freak of nature, Joel. <laughs> I am a freak of nature. Oh, we never doubted that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally, Wednesday night, we get home like at 7.30. Well, we left Monday. Right. We left Monday. Monday afternoon, drove to Bisbee. Yep. Had an interesting phone call. We'll talk about that in a minute on the way down there. Ta- and Tuesday and Wednesday. All day. Uh, we end up coming home t- uh, Wednesday, Wednesday night. Wednesday night. 7.30, 7.45, we get home. Mm-hmm. And then she has chemo at 8 o'clock Thursday morning. Yeah. And then she calls me and says, hey, I'll pick you up at 1. We're going to Yuma. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And we drive to Yuma, and we teach all day Friday in Yuma, and we feed them so we can get out of there by (laughs) 3. And we had some people stick around and talk to us till 4.30, which meant we didn't get home till 8.30. And I had clients at 9 o'clock Saturday morning. (laughs) And she just never stops. All day. And I had clients all day yeah. yesterday after church. And no, Sunday after church. And then yesterday I had clients. And here we are today. And yeah, keeps going all the way through December. But Why you make you? time for your your college football, though. Oh, heck yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Got, got to make sure. Yeah. Honey, we whooped 
LSU Saturday night. Yes. Boo-hoo, LSU. Sorry, people. <laughs> yeah, I know. Y'all think it was that call was targeting. It wasn't targeting. You were down two, two touchdowns. You wouldn't have won anyway. It was toward the end of the game. So get over yourselves, all you <laughs> cops in Baton Rouge that are dog cussing me. Uh, whatever. Yeah, you beat us last year overtime by one point. Big whoop. Uh, so, yeah, I'll, absolutely. Alabama football's a priority here. <laughs> Roll Tide. <laughs> In between. But let me tell people something. You know, they, look, these FBI, ABI, uh, ABI, FBI and uh, DEA and IRS and whoever whistleblowers, all the Biden whistleblowers, I work with a lot of heroes, but these people are true American heroes. Right. They literally gave up their jobs. They gave up their benefits. They gave up everything for what was right. And I don't know many of us that would walk away from a six-figure income when you've got a family depending on it and all the benefits are outstanding. Yeah. And you literally go, no, nah, this is illegal. What you want me to do? Well, Here's like, my badge and gun. Yeah, they said what? FBI is paying like $130,000 yeah. a year salary right now for mm-hmm. starting agents. And these people gave that up. Yep. And just lost their homes, had to move to different parts of the country. Absolutely. Yeah. And and again, all of them I know of, either their kids are grown or they have young kids. Right. But they're and doing it for the right reason. They are. Absolutely. And, and they're not getting any financial gain, nothing. They're getting politically ruined and— Yes. And, and slandered. Right. Slander scrutiny, yeah. And uh, so we're we're going to do some things for them here at Under the Shield. You'll hear this on a on a future episode, because there are some of them that truly need our financial assistance, and we will do. Uh, because again, that's our mission. We're supporting those who protect and serve, right. and these people are all the ultimate in protecting and serving our country. And uh, so we'll do some uh, announcements about fundraisers out there for them through Under the Shield. It'll be a tax deduction that we can help these people at least have Christmas for their kids, if nothing yeah, else. exactly. Because uh, that is really important. And uh, I'm, I'm going to uh, make a personal donation to one of them, <coughs> hopefully in the next week, that I know really does need it. And so stay tuned for that. But there's another group of warriors and heroes we dealt with last week. And let me just tell you, those people in Cochise County, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> For those of you not familiar with Arizona, uh, Cochise County covers 6,900 square miles on the border, goes to all the way to New Mexico, and they have only 90 or less sworn to cover the county. And yeah. they're not all on duty at the same time. That's right. And I'll just tell you, they've got a group called SABER. It's the Southern Arizona Border Reinforcement, no, Regional uh, Enforcement Team. And these people are some of the badasses of the badasses. I'm going to go down and do a ride along with them. <laughs> but I want a grenade launcher <laughs> to take with me. <laughs> Cochise, does that cover Tombstone too? Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, they got the Cowboys then. They need more Cowboys. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they were talking about how they've been taking, I'd have, I'd have given anything to have been there, but they're taking some of the liberal media mm-hmm. down there on some little uh, field trips. And they said they get to one area and your phone beeps because you lose all service. 
these people are like. Uh, you mean we're out here by ourselves? Yeah. How do, how do we call for backup? <laughs> we're it. <laughs> we're your backup. And they'll go, uh, don't take any more steps backwards because you'll be in Mexico and there's nothing we can do for you. <laughs> there's no fence. There's no sign. There's no line. There's no nothing. Yeah. You are in Mexico and you don't even know it. And they're finding nine bodies a day. I think that's what they said was on average. Yeah. And they found three the morning of, right. of our second day of, of training that we had the Sabre team in there. And uh, But day one was so much fun. We taught a supervisor's class <laughs> and had a uh, the number two guy at Cochise County, <laughs> the chief deputy. And uh, they had told me before he came in, they said, that's who you need to pick on today. I said, okay. And they said... Uh, He's 40 years law enforcement, Vietnam veteran. And they said, now, Susan, the lieutenant that brought us down, said, now, if you pick, he'll push back. That makes it even more fun. <laughs> and he walked in in a cowboy hat. He sat down. He took notes. Yep. He never pushed back. I picked on him. I told him, I said, sir, by the end of this class, you're going to give me that cowboy hat. <laughs> in the class, Susan, here's your hat. <laughs> I said, sir, I can't take your cowboy hat. <laughs> But the fact that he wanted me to have it. Yeah. And uh, he's uh, really pushing to help get us some stuff done down in Cochise County. I think we're going to have more trips to Bisbee and Sierra Vista. And uh, came in the next day and told his crew, he goes, y'all listen up. This is really good training. And they're pushing now to hopefully get us in front of the Western States Sheriff's Association, which is 17 states, Texas, all west of the Mississippi, because what? And he was funny. He goes, Susan, this is such common sense stuff. And he goes, How come we hadn't been doing this before now? And I thought, <laughs> Well, that's a good question. I've been asking myself yeah. that thirty-one years. Uh, but that's a group that needs our prayers. That's a group that puts their lives on mm-hmm. the line every minute of every day, and it is—it's amazing what they are accomplishing. But what did you think about their attitudes, Tom? Great. I mean, unbelievable. They, were, they still loved, you know, going to work, doing the job, fighting the fight. I mean, it it was amazing. If you had told me about them before we met them, I would have expected to see burnout, right. frustration, yeah, all kind of stuff. But that's not what we saw. But you know, and it all comes back to their leadership. I yes. think they have great leadership. And they feel supported in doing their job. Yes. And, you know, I, that makes a huge difference. Yeah. I think we're going to take Joel down there. <laughs> Put him in that razor with these crazy guys. and That'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> and go see what this is all about. <laughs> now, the bodies that they find, is that people trying to cross or is that? They've what? already crossed. Yeah, they've already crossed and have died out. Mm. A lot know, of for, exposure. You're right. No water, lots of sun, you know. Yeah. And like one of them, I think, was it one they had just found? No, it wasn't that morning. But one day they said you could tell that they literally were just pushed out at the back of a moving truck. Right. They died and they just opened the tailgate and pushed them out because of the drag marks. Yeah. And you go, what in the? Well, they don't care about human life. No. I mean, they got their money. Right. Yeah. And financial. That's what I was wondering if it was yeah. like, you know, gunshot wounds or anything like that. They didn't no, talk about any of that. No, they, m- 
I'm under the impression that it's all like natural death, you know, from usually yeah, exposures the to the big. Mm-hmm. But they did show us a picture of uh, one boy that was eight or 12. I can't remember. Um, and it showed him and some woman with him and then some other people. <coughs> and they said that they questioned her. This kid had no family with him. These were all strangers yeah. he was around. And this woman kind of befriended him. I don't know if that was good or bad. You, you don't know. Yeah. Um, and they do talk about that, too, in the in police state. They interview a woman who is responsible for finding homes for the kids that are coming across. And she said she's not even allowed to do backgrounds on people that they just are giving them to anybody. And it turns out most Crazy. of them are into sex trafficking and child trafficking and human trafficking and that kind of stuff. And they're, they... They won't even let her uh, do it the right way. And you just go, what, whatever. But that was one of the things that they were talking about, too, is these kids that are coming across. There's yeah. no adults with them at all. And I mean, just, how, how scary do you think that would be for even a 12-year-old, really? Sure. I mean, mm-hmm. sure. you know, but an 8-year-old or, you know, even younger. Yeah. You're out there and told, hey, follow these people. Yep. Don't know who yep. they are. Don't know how you're yeah. going to eat, who's going to take care of you, yeah. the elements, the not to mention the bad people that are there, too. All and, you're, of them. and you're told you're going to have a better life. Right. Makes <laughs> you wonder how bad their life is, yeah. knowing that what they're going to go through. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they still do it. It must be pretty bad on the other side. Yeah. Well, and but how much of it is, too, is these little ones are dropped off and somebody hightails it out. Because there was one story I remember, and I want to say it was in Yuma that I'd learned about it through Border Patrol, where the kid literally, two years old, was dropped over the wall. And there was nobody on the other side even waiting for him. Um, and it was some um, dirt bag that threw him over and... The kid was sitting there, and when Border Patrol found him, he was sitting there in nothing but there's just garbage and waste and stuff, and this little two-year-old sitting there in a diaper, who who knows how he'd had that on. And you just go, how do kids recover from those kinds of things? You know, it makes you want to go down there and walk the border wall, what little bit there is, and uh, start taking people home. You sure Biden's not building that? I thought he was. <laughs> I think Even though he a, said he wasn't? Uh, right, because it's racist, because right, the border yeah. wall is racist. Well, not when he built it. Uh, he's going to build a non-racist wall. <laughs> I'm not sure what the difference is. I'd like to see the requirements on that. Um, but those people in Cochise County, my hat's off to them. Yeah. Uh, and any of you who believe that the border is secure, come on down. Yeah. We'll, we'll be happy to, we will personally take you down there and show you how <laughs> not secure the border wall is. And these guys will be happy to take you on a little ride along, give you a little education, yeah. especially you people in Georgia and places like that that want to talk about our border wall and you live on the other side of the world practically. <laughs> I have a real problem with that. Um, so there's a, there's been a lot happening this week. Yeah, there has. Yuma was an interesting training Yeah, uh, for supervisors, uh, learned some things down there, and we're just happy to be a part and honored to be a part of providing services for these people. Uh, now that we cover, well, now we're with Yuma, we're covering 79 of the 91 cities and towns, mm-hmm. um, police fire dispatch, stress coaching for all of them, and training, and 
uh, we are hoping to pick up the counties again soon right. in one form or fashion. Uh, we'll see. It's going to be some big stuff. Like I said, 2024 is going to be a good year for Under the Shield, one way or the other. Yeah. <laughs> I'm meeting with a state senator tomorrow and hoping to make a real plea there for uh, the push of how different what we offer is. And if they're really, truly out challenging, state senator, I ain't worried about it. What you going to yeah. do to me? But uh, you know, do you really care about mental wellness in first responders? Right. Now's an opportunity to put your money where your mouth is. Yeah, do something right. Yeah, and uh, we are close and in negotiations with the Arizona Post. First time it'll ever have been done to uh, pick up our stuff. And my garbage can theory is the state standard for the basic academy classes. I think that could have a huge impact. Yes. And it got real tickled at a supervisor in Yuma when I was explaining the garbage can theory. And he said, <laughs> he said, I get how, how this applies to people that have been on the job a long time. He goes, but where's the resiliency training? <laughs> it was everything I could do go, huh? And I go, it comes from educating people on the front end that they got a garbage can. Yeah. <laughs> and how to keep it down. But if you don't tell them they've got it, it's like the other guy in the class that we had. <laughs> yep, nothing bothers me. I've been doing this a long time. I don't nothing know how to sympathize me. with my, the people that work for me. <laughs> he goes, I just can't understand. And he kept talking. And I said, <laughs> the fact that he keeps talking tells me he got some stuff he needs to talk right. about. And even after I said that, he kept he kept talking. Oh yeah. And I was going, yeah, he's my guy in Montgomery, Alabama. <laughs> that nothing bothers him until yep. the dog got run over, and then everything mm-hmm. bothers him. <laughs> yeah, his garbage can is right there at the top. It's it's ready. <laughs> and that's why I told him. I said, yeah, your garbage can. It you'll know when it's full. Yeah. And then you'll overreact and wonder why you're crying like you were doing yeah, exactly. at the end of your career. Like, what the hell's going on with me? Exactly. But, you know, if, if if we can get your garbage can theory as a state standard and we can actually teach this stuff in the academy, I mean, having that knowledge early in your career before anything happens would be so beneficial because, you know— if I would have had that training before, mm-hmm. hey, I could remember, you know, about a strokes, smile, roll your tongue, you know, when sure. I thought I was having a heart attack. The real important <laughs> things that people you know, should be doing. But if I, Don't call 911, self-diagnose. <laughs> <laughs> but if I knew that garbage can theory before, when I was having problems, I wouldn't have been going, why am I having problems? I would have been like, oh, shit, my garbage can's full. Yep. Well, and again, if you teach them just like the... Uh, woman that we had on this podcast the firefighter yeah you remember and she talked about she would go back after tough calls and write and cindy schooner yeah Yeah. and you teach people to do that and yeah i know there are gonna be a lot of young ones in there they're gonna be going ah this doesn't apply to me it's gonna be some other wuss but (laughs) it's still it if they're even thinking that then they've heard it right and as long as they've heard it and it's funny because I said this to somebody yesterday. I had a senior law enforcement officer in here yesterday, and I told him, I said, you know, it's people like you who have military background. You've been in multiple shootings, that kind of stuff that needs to be standing in front of these new recruit classes. Because mm-hmm. when I first started this 31 years ago, the new ones were the ones receptive. 
to what I was teaching. The old timers were the ones going, right. she crazy. She don't know what she's talking She's never been a cop, whatever. And it just completely flip-flopped. Yeah. Really in the last probably 15 years. Well, because those new ones in the beginning are now the old guys. <laughs> yes. And they are the ones going, you know what? I needed this training 20 years ago. Yeah. It, it was like that uh, chief deputy down in Cochise County. He was like, Susan, I could have used this 40 years ago. Yeah. And that's what's important is, again, that the old timers are the ones standing up there who have the credibility. I don't – I've – I have not been a police officer. I have not been in that car, you know, all those shifts. I've ridden my share, but it's the the point of the ones who've done something that mm-hmm. can stand up there and go, you young ones, if it were me, I, when I was sitting there, I'd have been thinking the same thing, not me. Yeah. And now look where I am. And we're trying to keep you from being like me. And that's when they'll pay attention. That's why it's so important that the senior people that have been in things, especially be up there talking about, like Mark Valenzuela talks about being broken. Right, but, you know, police departments think it's a good idea. When you retire, you're gone. We don't need you anymore. Nothing you can do for us. I'm laughing. My my watch just came up and said, stress, breathe. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you know it could do that? <laughs> yeah, I get a little passionate about this stuff. but But it's true, and it's sad that I think a lot of the reason some chiefs and those don't let us in is because they think in letting us in, it's going to make them look weak. Yeah. Because maybe. the reality is they have, they do experience the stuff we talk about, but they don't want to acknowledge it. Right. And that's, again, difference in supervision and leadership. Right. And we have been invited. I hadn't even had a chance to tell Tom. We have been invited down to Fort, what's the one down in Tucson? And Fort Huachuca. That it starts with an H. Fort Huachuca. Is that how it's pronounced? Uh, yeah, to do a training for National Guard down uh-huh. there. So we'll be doing that sometime soon and uh, honored to be able to go down and do that on a Saturday for the military. Yeah. And Because with things ramping up in the desert, I'm sure some of them are going to be headed yeah. over that well, way. 2,000 of them were headed over to Israel, right? I, in that I, area yeah, someplace? Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it was, do we know if it was National Guard or who I, was being no, deployed? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming it probably is some kind of National Guard thing. but I did hear, and it's really sad that I have claustrophobia, because I did hear a nuclear sub was headed that way. <laughs> I'd kind of like to be on a nuclear sub sometime. Ah, I got no desire to be on a submarine. <laughs> well, I, I know I couldn't <laughs> handle it, but the concept would yeah. be fun. Because uh, that thing, I bet can, I bet that's better than a grenade launcher. <laughs> I wonder if they steer it with an Xbox controller. There you go. <laughs> They said that they can do like 154 cruise missiles on there. They do like some thousand ton payload of explosive on it. Something crazy like that. I, I was like, man. In other words, it would be the best fireworks we've oh, ever yeah, seen. Oh, yeah, yeah. That might be that might be a field trip we yeah. need to take sometime. What do you think, Joel? I'm good. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I'll ride on the top. <laughs> Problem is, you got to look through that little periscope thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that might make life a little difficult. But uh, but anyway, you know, we just wanted to take this opportunity today to just kind of talk about things that are going on in the world. Because again, I, I I think we need to do this more often. You know, we have been probably a little bit neglectful in also not talking about those that have given their life serving uh, in law enforcement around. And one of them I do want to talk about was one that was lost here just in the last two weeks. 
uh, down in Pima County, and that's our canines. You know, I don't think people even a lot of times recognize that about the canines because yeah. personally my attitude would be you kill my dog you better look out because <laughs> right. i'm coming for you so don't break in my house thinking you're gonna kill my dog because that ain't gonna happen to you i'm gonna uh i, I will hunt you down first yeah. she she's not gonna be the one she may growl and bark maybe i don't know uh but the canine that was killed he was actually shot and killed and i'm looking it up again here because i know we had it pulled up but he was shot and killed last week defending his handlers Anybody remember his name? No. I thought I had I it don't. pulled up here, and somehow my phone has gone to all kind of strange stuff popping up. Um, and <laughs> I didn't touch it. I, yeah, during I, all I, the training, I think y'all have. I think y'all have done something to it. I think you. I think you've been googling OnlyFans too much. <laughs> well, I got to see how much I'm making, Joel. Geez, somebody got to pay the bills around. How do you think you get paid? <laughs> Uh, it was canine Kenzo. Kenzo. His end of watch was October 27th. Yes, and he was shot and killed defending his handlers and other officers, I'm sure. And that's that's a tough loss for departments. Yeah, and sure would be. it's hard enough when they have natural causes like it's, Tempe had. It says Kenzo was strangled while strangled. attempting to apprehend two armed robbery suspects. Strangle. That's even worse. That makes me yeah. matter. And what happened to the people, does it say? It says, while searching for two suspects in an armed robbery, deputies witnessed one of the men entering a fenced commercial yard and sent K-9 Kenzo to find him. When K-9 Kenzo stopped responding to his handler, deputies uh, went to investigate. They found K-9 Kenzo unresponsive under a trailer near the suspect. K-9 Kenzo was transported to the veterinarian hospital where he passed away. The suspects were arrested and charged with suspicion of armed robbery, aggravated robbery. One subject was also charged with killing slash harming a work slash service animal. The other subject was charged with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. Wow. Well. Yeah. Yep. Our. Uh, he was only five years old and was on for one year and ten months. And it was a male. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah, you know, so we are sending our condolences to all at Pima County Sheriff's Office, and uh, we thank K-9 Kenzo for his, his service in protecting yeah. uh, the men and women of law enforcement with the Pima County Sheriff's Office. Orange County also lost one October 16th, um, and Georgia Department of Natural Resources lost one October 19th as well. Um, I, and I'm not sure what the criteria are. Is for a canine dying. This one had that one in Georgia had a heart attack, um, and the one in Orange County, uh, that one was killed when his handler's car was involved in a crash. So uh, again, don't forget departments when they lose canines. That's just as hard for them, for, especially for the canine unit and the handlers. Yeah, uh, it is a line of duty death, and we know there are lots of others. And maybe that's something we'll do in December as we'll talk about all that were killed in the line of duty for 23 and make sure we remember their families uh, as well. So anything else you guys want to cover today? None that I got. Have we educated you today, Joel? Now you know it. Now he's got to go out and figure out which, what kind of frogs <laughs> that he's got to find. I don't think I've ever even seen a frog out here since I moved out here. Oh, really? Uh-uh. Oh, Squirrels either. Yeah. I don't. Uh, now, if I go up to Flagstaff, I see yeah. squirrels, but... 
I but not down here. Uh uh-uh. uh. No, y'all shooting them? What are y'all doing to them? The scorpions kill them, or what happens? They're afraid of the Gila monsters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen one of those either. Where do I find those, Joel? In the desert. Yeah, you got to be out in the desert with We're the We're in the desert. We're all in the desert. The no, whole no, like, damn place like, is, like a, really is an ashtray. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know we could distinguish. Feels like someone keeps flicking the ash, too. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Just look down. There's nothing but dust. Oh, <laughs> so we hope that um, you guys have learned a little something today. Again, policestatefilm.net. Please go to that and watch that and support this and honor these uh, heroes that have given up their jobs and their families are suffering and everything for what's right. Because yeah. I'm not sure how many people really can do that. And next week we will have, uh, not sure, it's always a mystery. Yeah, I'm trying to, I don't remember who it is next Don't we week have the sure. mom? Uh, yeah, we have one other person too. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you'll just have to come back and hear who it is. It's a mystery, Joel. Joel doesn't even know who it is. I just come in. <laughs> he, just, he just comes <laughs> and does his thing. But for all of you out there who are first responders, military families, we just want you to know uh, you can reach out to us 24-7-365. The phone number is 855-889-2348. See, Tom, it's embedded in my brain. It's not in yours. <laughs> Extension 1, uh, you will get a stress coach. Let it ring. And if you get disconnected, please, please call back because we do not have your number. When we talk about anonymity here, everything is anonymous. We don't have your phone number. Understand the difference in confidentiality is something we're trying to educate people around the country, and we're shocked to find out that law enforcement especially doesn't understand this. Confidentiality is a legal term with three exceptions. If they tell you 100% confidential, the three exceptions are still there. Homicidal, suicidal, child abuse, neglect, abuse, neglect of the handicapped or elderly. Uh, We're all mandated reporters for that third one. But with us, again, we don't have your name. We don't care who you work for. Families, you can reach out to us as well. Uh, this is not just something for the first responder or military. Everything's a lifestyle in these industries. You're all impacted by what happens. So please feel free to reach out to us. Joel is the son of a law enforcement officer who died in the line of duty with COVID back in January of 21. Um, we have stress coaches at every level of everything. So reach out to us. And my cell number, if you want to talk to me, I don't know why they would want to talk to me after listening to me ramble this last hour. Because you're an equal ass chewing opportunist. <laughs> yes, I am. Proudly so. I'm going to get a T-shirt that says that. Um, <laughs> but my cell number is 334-324-3570. The key here, here here's, here's my new thing now. If the sun is up, text me. If the sun is down, call me. Because apparently what I've been saying about daytime isn't working. <laughs> And now all this flip-flopping of the time zones. Everybody out there that doesn't do what Arizona does where we don't do that, y'all pick a time zone. I don't even care which one. Pick one, stick to it, because it's too confusing for those of us that just stay in the same place all the time. Now we're on mountain time. We were on Pacific time. Good Lord. We're all on the same planet. What if they live in Alaska? Oh, I don't even know what they're on. They're on Alaska time. Don't they have, like, the sun up for, like, X amount of days? Yeah. Or oh, yeah. Dark? Oh, that's true. 
I see your point here. Yeah. If you're in Alaska, you better check to see if the sun's up in Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> and that should be easy enough to Google. Is the it's... sun up in Arizona? <laughs> but see, now that we don't do daylight savings, the sun goes down at like 530. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. They can still call because I've set the rule sun up, sun down. This just makes it easy for everybody. Um, Tom, you want to give your number? Sure. If you want to call me, you can call me at. 480-861-6574. Sun up or down. Either way, call or text whenever. So everybody in Alaska, call Tom. <laughs> well, if the moon's really bright, though. Oh, Joel. Uh, let me give you Joel's number. <laughs> His cell number is. <laughs> when it's a full moon, call Joel. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you, you don't know what All you're asking Friday for. All the Friday the 13th, all the full moons. <laughs> you know, was it a full moon? in Bisbee on Halloween night? I don't night. know. It was pretty... It was pretty bright yeah, that was night, pretty wasn't bright. it? Yeah, yeah it was... they were doing uh, haunted trails and people walking around in weird yeah. costumes. It was kind of interesting. Place was already haunted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I still should have put Tom in the haunted hotel with the where the woman hung herself back in the 1800s. But... The Copper Queen? Yeah, I'll probably never get that opportunity again. I blew that. Yeah, especially on Halloween. Halloween. Yeah, I can always make it a point. I'll schedule down there. <laughs> They'll take free training. My, my new friend, Chief Tom, will let me. I bet he'll let me come down there. Uh, but please reach out to us anytime, day or night, and just know that our whole interest is in getting you the help. There's nothing we don't cover. You're not going to hear us go, oh, we don't do that. There's nothing we don't that we don't handle here. So it's all a lifestyle. So thank you for the sacrifices that you make, especially family. Uh, been there, done that. And we just hope that you will realize you can call us anytime. If you need that help, we know how hard that call is. And it's only going to be one call. So God bless you. God bless your families in this great nation that we live in. Come back to see us next week.